0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Out Loud with It's Sadie. Today's episode is actually from my video archives. So we're going to be talking about modern feminism and how modern feminism is not compatible with freedom. So I hope you enjoy this. Remember, it's from the archives. So the audio quality may not be quite as on point as it typically is. If you prefer to see this in video format, you can visit my YouTube channel, also Rumble. The links is in the show notes below. And uh, let's go ahead and get into this. Okay, so today I want to talk about how modern feminism is incompatible with freedom. And that may sound like a bold statement, but I'm going to explain to you why it's my opinion that the two are not compatible. Of course, in the beginning, feminism advocated that men and women enjoy equal opportunity and treatment under the law. In other words, first wave feminism sought to improve opportunities by expanding their rights in voting, owning property, and having the ability to look for gainful employment that was profitable and equal to men. And with that idea in mind, I absolutely would support feminism. If it was at its core, what the first wave feminism were shooting for. They were shooting for equal opportunity, they wanted voting rights, and they just wanted to be able to have a voice. At no point did any of those goals conflict with or impede on anybody else's freedom. They simply wanted the freedom also for themselves, which is justifiable. It's completely understandable. And I fully supported, I mean, hello, any movement that was working towards equal rights for women. However, modern feminist goal is to eliminate the differences between genders and literally force gender sameness in every area of society, all of for the sake of equality. The only way to accomplish this though is through expanding centralized government, redefining and redefining what freedom is. And spoiler alert, It's not freedom. Also, they're advocating for the preferential application of law based on gender. The argument for this is based on promoting uh, their identity, women, as a special protected class. Now, of course, there are arguments made that women should be a special protected class because of a history of being oppressed or not being permitted to vote or not having a voice. And I could maybe say that's a valid point. But the issue here is that if you believe in limited government and individual freedom, you cannot align yourself with the goals and principles of modern feminism. Here's an example. In 1976, the French feminist icon Simone de, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this name, Duvoir said, and I quote this, no woman should be authorized to stay home to raise her children, women should not have the choice because if there is such a choice, too many women will make that one. So in other words, um, Beauvoir believes the option of staying home shouldn't even be given to us because if it is given to us, we'll make the choice to stay home. Now I can only conclude one or two things here. Either she believes that maybe she's in line with the idea that women innately want to stay home and she feels that that innate desire pushes against the modern feminist movement. In order to control that, government needs to step in and determine what choices women should have, which is literally the opposite of freedom. Now, she may also believe that women are conditioned to believe that they should stay home, or maybe, perhaps, because it's, quote, the easier job, they'll choose to stay home. Mm -hmm. And this, again, pushes back or does not support her movement. And so women must be regulated to not stay home and to go to work. Ultimately, Ms. Beauvoir is more concerned about the group's best interests, like how women are treated as a whole. And she is not concerned about individual freedom here. Another feminist icon, Betty Fernand, uh, the author of The Feminist Mystique, she argued that you cannot be a housewife or a stay-at-home mother because it doesn't allow women to reach their full potential. She said that, quote, the only way for a woman, as for a man, to find herself, to know herself as a person, is by creative work of her own. Which Sounds like a good idea. The issue here is, is that she believes that the only way to fulfill that and the only way that you can accomplish that is by being outside the home. You can't do that as a homemaker or as a stay-at-home mother. Fernan assumes that if a woman chooses to stay home, be a housewife or a stay-at-home mother, that she does not know herself because she's not allowed the opportunity to expand her horizons. So she believes that women who choose to stay home are essentially incapable of developing their own identity or knowing themselves, which personally, I find demeaning both of these women essentially want to force women to choose what they believe is best for women as a whole which i find kind of curious considering that fernan is talking about people not really getting to know themselves yet she is determining how they should get to know themselves because we don't know what's best to know ourselves i don't know i just kind of find that like wait what now, I'm not saying that every woman should stay home, be a homemaker, stay-at-home mom, or whatever. If you choose to work, you absolutely should choose to work if you feel that is what is best for you. And also, if you stay home with your family to manage your home, take care of your husband and your children, that is also completely fine. There are women that are fulfilled in doing that. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be there forever. Children grow you can grow with them, you can advance, you can take up interest. And now with today's technology, we can do so much from home. A lot of second wave feminism was very much focused on the home um, and that women shouldn't be encouraged or in some cases, even permitted to stay home. But modern feminism believes that in order to reach true equality, every aspect of society has to be equal. But women aren't aligning with that belief. The book, The Feminist Dilemma, discusses the dilemma... (laughs) for contemporary feminists that although women have overcome legal and cultural barriers that previously prevented them from participating in certain occupations and professions but this accomplishment hasn't led to a statistical equality between the sexes in all areas of social economic and political life we're freer now than we have ever been we have many choices many avenues to exercise our freedom we don't have to do one specific thing. And the problem here is is that that does not align with the advancement of modern feminist goals. When men and women are left to make free choices, they will make choices that are not going to create this statistical parity among the sexes in all areas of social, economical, the political realm. It's just not gonna happen. So the only way to make that happen is to eliminate individual freedom and choice and legislate or regulate equality. Think about that. You have to legislate and like you have to force it. Men and women have different interests. They'd have different strengths. The idyllic equal society of modern feminism cannot happen without force. It has to eliminate or let me be more gentle with that, um, restrict personal freedom. Equal protection of rights requires non-discrimination regardless of your sex, class, race, etc. A system that focuses on group achievement actually requires unequal preferential treatment of some individuals over others based solely on their membership to a particular group or class. I believe that policy and laws should be defined By what is necessary to protect individual freedom and opportunity, not by what is required to secure equity. The core to individual freedom is negative rights. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, if I were to use myself as an example, that means that I have a right to not have other people, for example, you, interfere with my own liberties. And you would have the exact same rights. These are rights that are just innate. They're, they exist. Now, the issue is, is that modern feminism focuses very much on positive rights, which means that they want the government to give us certain rights. And the issue there is, is that unlike negative rights, positive rights are constantly changing. The goalpost is always changing because it is determined by someone. It is not something that we just have. You know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those are negative rights. Those are rights that it is the duty of the government to protect, not to give to us. And modern feminism focuses on positive rights, wanting the government to give us certain rights. Okay. Now, then this in a, in of itself is not compatible with f- freedom because when you are expecting the government to give you rights, they can also take them away, they can also change them, they can also say, "Well, that's not exactly what we meant." And then you're constantly in the struggle of like, "Well, what is what are we supposed to do? What am I allowed to do?" which is not individual, it's not freedom. And the fact that modern feminism is so dependent on positive rights, on rights being given to them, it means that there's no limitation to the expansion of government. And I am not a fan of that. Let me give you some real world examples of how modern feminism uh, uses legislation or expansion of government in order to, I mean, it just sounds simple, but to like get more rights. These issues like that you see a lot in universities or in the workplace where they are mandating or they're wanting to mandate a 50-50 representation in college admission, in STEM, or in the workplace. I mean, just recently, United Airlines announced that they were hiring 5,000 new pilots and that 2,500 of them were going to be women. I mean okay, but I really don't care if you're a man or a woman. I care if you can fly a plane. And I think putting those limitations on a quota is not beneficial to, I don't know, general safety, because the fact is is that there are more male pilots than there are female pilots. So if you have a certain threshold or a certain requirement to have um a pilot fly your airline um what if you cannot find enough women to meet that quota do you stand with it and then not have enough pilots or do you lower the bar so you can admit more people neither one of these options is good why can't we just have people be pilots on merit and i want to kind of spread that analogy all over. Everything from any kind of workplace, political space, or academic space. The issue here is that women and men have different interests. And if you have a requirement of X amount of women need to be admitted into this university for this STEM program, and you can't fill that quota what happens? Do you lower the standards so you can get more women in? Do you leave spaces open, which means that maybe there's more men that want to come into the program, but they're not allowed because they're not women, even though there's not enough women to fill it? I just, I don't see this as beneficial to men or to women. It's just not beneficial to society. And that definitely applies in regards to the military or law enforcement. The fact of the matter is, is that men are stronger than women. Yes, there are absolutely women out there. They're stronger than some men. They work out. They try really hard. They are some kick-ass chicks. But in general, most women are not stronger than most men. And I would be more concerned with a police officer or uh, someone in the military to be physically capable on taking on a suspect or defense. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you have, again, a quota, you may not fill the positions or you may have to lower the bar to fill those positions. And I don't, I don't want that. I don't want some cop regardless if it's a man or a woman. Really, honestly, I don't care. My point is is that if you can't meet a certain threshold to best protect or defend your community or your country, you should not be in law enforcement. And the fact of the matter is, is that if that is the line, if that is the barrier, it won't be a 50-50 split between men and women. It probably won't even, like, reach 20 or 30% in regards to having, you know, women in the force. It's just the truth. Now, I think it's awesome. I love to lift weights. I love feeling strong. And I think it's great when a female also can do that. But you shouldn't have to require it. You shouldn't have to set a quota in order to accomplish it. Another one I want to bring up are mandates requiring health insurance plans to cover contraception or, you know, the morning after pill or anything like that. First of all, you're taking away the liberty of your employer to choose what is best for their employee and their company. Whether it's religious or non-religious, you might be forcing them to go against any of their personal religious beliefs. So that's one thing. But let's set that aside. Let me apply it more to the individual because the issue here is individual freedom. And of course, if you are an employer who is wanting to be competitive, these are things that you can offer. These are bargaining chips that you can use, but is also as a potential employee, a bargaining chip that I could use. Maybe I don't want to have children. Maybe I've already had my children and I don't have need for birth control and I don't have need for the morning after pill or maternity leave or any of these things. Why can I use that as a bargaining chip? Why does my employer have to be mandated to provide it to me if I don't need it and I don't want it? Maybe I want to say no thank you and I want to get... Um, maybe some extra days of vacation because it's a better way to spend it with my family or I want to get more pay. So this is what happens when you are mandating things. You're taking away the personal freedom, not just of the company, because a lot of people don't wanna be concerned about the personal freedom of the company, but what about the personal, like the freedom of the individual? The modern feminist push of oversight on wages, hiring decisions, mandating compensation and benefits, this takes away the bargaining power of the individual. Now, the most egregious, in my opinion, is what happens in many universities under the supposed authority of Title IX in regards to sexual harassment or sexual assault allegations. The Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, I believe, they've put a ton of pressure on universities on how they should respond to sexual assault allegations, or sexual harassment. Essentially, they have told these universities to toss due process out the window, just like that. Like, just go, bye. No due process for you. The idea here is that the belief is with the woman, because of course they are the victim, and historically they are the oppressed. The Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights which is really ironic to me, um, has instructed universities to lower their standard of evidence to find a male student guilty. Uh, they restrict cross-examination, so you can't really challenge the alleged victim's account. And they impose like an interim uh, punishment. So you're not found guilty, but we're kind of going to treat you guilty for a while until we figure out that you're guilty. I mean, this is kind of essentially how it goes. Mind you, this interim punishment happens before they even get a hearing. It is literally, they are accused, they're temporarily punished just in case they're guilty. I don't know about you, but for me, this is a clear violation of due process. Yeah, there's kind of no doubt in my mind anyway. The worst thing is, is that it doesn't even require even some of the most egregious cases to contact the police because the idea here is that by handing it over or involving the police, the alleged victim is now giving over control to a patriarchal system that tends to believe the man Over the woman. And any kind of questioning or investigation into the allegations is seen as she's not being believed, or um, they believe that she's lying. And that's just not the case. Now, the student is free to contact the police if they choose to, but they are definitely discouraged because of these reasons. Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't bad cops out there, that they're going to side with the guy regardless because he's a dude and not side with the woman. However, at least if you're going to have a standard where you're going to encourage it in the university, have some due process. You can't just automatically believe the woman. And don't even get me started on this whole idea of believe all women. Men are larger than women, they're stronger. And a deviant man that has no morals will absolutely use that leg up to dominate and take control of a woman, take advantage of her, and possibly even sexually assault her, which is the worst thing that could ever happen. However, women also have their tools to take advantage and hurt men. So this idea of believe all women is just not justified. It's not fair. It's in fact, to even think that a woman is incapable of lying, which is usually the argument here with most feminists, that women can't lie about sexual assault is beyond me. Women are absolutely capable manipulation. That is, if you are a deviant woman with no moral scruples, you will use your ability to manipulate a situation in order to get an upper hand and take advantage of a man or the society around you. It's just a fact. My point here is that regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, Everybody deserves due process. And the idea that modern feminists, in order to even the playing field, promote virtually eliminating the rights of due process for men in regards to sexual assault is frankly to me just, I I really, I have no words. I just, I just have no words. And that is why I believe that modern feminism does not align and is not compatible with freedom. It depends on centralized government. It depends on redefining freedom. And it depends on preferential application of the law depending on gender. And all of this is required to reach some utopian ideal of statistical equality throughout society. And it is shown that when people are left to their own personal freedoms, uh, men and women make different different choices. If you look at the egalitarian society of Sweden, they have been left to do and choose whatever they want. When men and women are given the freedom to make choices for themselves, they choose different things because men and women have different interests. Because the fact is that the absence of statistical equality does not equal discrimination. People are simply free to make their own choices. So that's all I have to say about how modern feminism is not compatible with freedom. If you like what I had to say, give it a thumbs up, um, subscribe, and hit that little bell to make sure that you get notifications. Leave a comment below, and especially leave a comment below if you don't agree with what I had to say and you want to poke some holes in any points that I made out. Take a look at the notes also below. There will be links for any articles that I may have referenced, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at itsmessady.